Welcome to Britt David Podcast, as Pastor Tim continues his verse-by-verse study of 2 Timothy with a message entitled, If You Want to Be Fruitful, from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 2 through 7. We all want to be fruitful in our ministry and in the ways we serve the Lord. We remember that Jesus said that we must abide in Him. Without Him, we can do nothing, but with Him, we should bear much fruit. Paul provides Timothy with a small formula on what that looks like fleshed out. Let's implement that same recipe. Here's Pastor Tim. And I could stand a steady diet of that goodness of God song. Man, that's good. Hope you have your Bibles tonight. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2. We got into the very first verse last Sunday night, and we want to continue on from there. And talking about the issue of both faithfulness and fruitfulness. We've sung a lot tonight about God's faithfulness and and then of course our own faithfulness at that point is God's giving us responsibility to do. And we know that we're to be faithful in all things. But did you know that God not only expects us to be faithful, He expects us to be fruitful. He said, without me, you can do nothing. But he said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, he says, you will bear much fruit. You will bear much fruit. I think that there's an expectation on the part of the Lord when it comes to the ministries and jobs that he's given to us that we are fruitful in those ministries. And I do believe that you do want to be fruitful. I think that you want to see good success in the ministries that that you yourself are involved in. But I want my fruitfulness and I want my faithfulness to not only extend to this generation, I want it to extend to the next generation. I want my fruitfulness to be able to outlive me. I want my gifts to be able to outlive me. I want what I do to outlive me. I don't want it to simply be for this generation and this generation alone. It's not that this generation is not important. It is. We have to reach this generation. But we're also responsible for the next. From time to time, I I will hear people say concerning teenagers and concerning children that they are the church of tomorrow. You ever heard anybody say that? They're the church of right now. (laughs) There is much a vital part of our church is any person in this room, including the one standing up. You know? They're important. One of the reasons, though, that we talk about them concerning the future is because we realize that they have a longer tenure now that's ahead of us than than I do. So I want to be able to give into that next generation so that they then are prepared to carry on that same ministry and then it continues on and on and on. And that's exactly what you find in your passage tonight as Paul begins to teach young Timothy how to pastor in a time where he has to be concerned about both the generation that he's a part of and the next generation as well. He's given us good examples along the way, as Paul himself has given himself to Timothy. Now he turns around and says, Timothy, now it's your turn, and it's your job to give yourself to others. If you really want to be fruitful, there's some things and a pattern. I think maybe, maybe a better pattern is better the word than a recipe, but one that we are to implement and one that we are to follow. I want to share these three things with you, beginning in verse number two. Paul says to Timothy, he says, The thing that you have heard from me among many witnesses, 
Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So if you want to be fruitful, then number one, there is a duty to do. There's a duty to do. What are you to do if you are to be fruitful both in this generation and in the next generation? Well, the verb that you have that's there, the action word that's called upon is to commit. Paul says, all of these things that you've heard from me, all of this truth, all of this doctrine, what it means to be a pastor in Ephesus at this particular time, take all of that and now you commit it to others. Maybe a, maybe a good word for us today is you entrust that to others. That can be a difficult thing to do, can it? Especially for those of us that have grown up in church. We've grown up with specific jobs in church and we've done the same thing over and over and over and over again. We don't want to turn over the reins to anybody else. But he says you have to commit, you have to entrust this ministry then to somebody else. Because the gospel of Christ is going to outlive you. No matter who you are, no matter what generation you live in, the ministry of Christ is going to outlast you. And so what are you going to do to ensure that the next generation is as faithful, is as fruitful, is as committed to the faith as you are? So our duty is not just to do in the midst of this generation, but also to commit those things to faithful men. So we're looking for men who are faithful. We're looking for men who will be fruitful, who will be able to pass those same doctrines on to others. In fact, I think, uh, I think the kind of person that God likes to use more than anybody else is a fat person. You know, he likes to use me. <laughs> he likes to use fat people. What does that mean? He likes to use people who are faithful. He likes to use people who are available. He likes to use people who are teachable. God likes to use fat people. You can be a fat person, you know. Anybody in this room can be a fat person if you just put your mind to it. You can be faithful in what God's given to you. I think if you're faithful in those things, that eventually you'll be fruitful in those things. You are to be available to Him no matter what it is. What if God's call, what if God's ministry takes you away from where you are or at least out of your own comfort zone into a new realm or a new area, a new arena of ministry? Can you still be faithful there? Can you still be fruitful there? You are if you're available. What you're saying is, God, you are the Lord. I am your servant. You, you guide my path. You open doors that no one can shut. You shut doors that no one can open. You direct me in the right path. You open up those opportunities for me. And let me do what you've gifted me to do. And then there's the issue of being teachable. We're to be teachable, aren't we? We don't know everything. You know, Paul... Paul, of all people, knew, didn't he? But Paul himself remained teachable to the things that God had to say to him. I mean, there were times, especially when you think about the relationship that Timothy or that Paul had with John Mark. You know, John Mark abandoned them on a mission trip. And Paul said, no more. 
I don't want anything to do with that guy. By the time we get to the end of this book, Paul's going to say, Timothy, when you come, I want you to bring John Mark because he is useful to me for ministry. There's teaching that takes place even in the life of somebody like Paul. So there's a duty to do. There's something that you need to commit to faithful men who will be able to reach that next generation. Let me take a little bit of a pause out of our, uh, out of our text tonight and just talk to you for a minute as far as our church goes. Today was a good day, wasn't it? I, I remember talking to Joseph months and months and months ago and he just he just wasn't ready, you know. And in the in the Sunday morning that that second service, you know, it's it, it may seem dark to you. It is super dark to me. I, I don't see anything past just kind of these first rows, and that doesn't have anything to do with my eyesight. You know, it's just it's just dark. I don't I don't see anybody out there. And so I had no idea that he was here. When I saw him step out of that aisle and come down. Man, my heart leapt within me. Here's, here's somebody who now is a part of this next generation who simply responds to the message and gives his heart to Jesus and says, now I'm ready. You just have to keep on and keep on and keep on and keep on, don't you? It's worth it for the next generation. I, I know, I, I know that we... We have our um, preferences. You know, there's, there's a style of music that I like. There's a, there's a format to church that I like and I'm comfortable with. Those aren't things that are biblically mandated, though, are they? I, ca- I can't make major things out of minor things. And if it means treating a minor issue like a minor issue, that I might reach the next generation, then we need to be willing to do that. Is it not worth it? I think it is worth it. I I think it's worth it for us to invest money in the next generation. I think it's worth it for us to invest personnel in the next generation. I think it's not only important for us, I do think that that's biblically mandated. He says, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. From time to time, I see what's going on in our culture and I see what, I hear what society says and, you know, it just makes me feel like a dinosaur. Makes me feel like a preacher from a whole different age or a whole different world. Things are different than they ever have been. Some of those things are good, some of them not so good. And sometimes I wonder, will, will we ever really find another person who carries on in the same vein? Will there really be somebody for the next generation that looks at those scriptures and looks at the Lord you know, and I don't mean me personally, but the same way that I do, the same way that you do. Is there somebody that we can commit these things to? It makes it such a priority for us to place emphasis on children's ministry, for us to place emphasis on youth ministry, 
for us to place emphasis on college ministry. Those are such formative years, not only emotionally and educational, uh, educationally, but spiritually. Those are developmental years. When I begin to look back through my own life, those are the times when I had, you know, you have physical growth spurts. I think you have spiritual growth spurts. And those occurred for me during those formative times. It's important for us, isn't it? All right. Back to you, Bible. There is indeed a duty to do. And the duty is, is to commit these things so that people will be faithful and fruitful in this generation and in the next. Number two, if there is a duty to do, then there's also a price to pay. It's not, <laughs> it's not free. You know, the, uh, when I went to, uh, when I transferred up to Athens and uh, got in that dorm room for the first time, and you know, they, they have it actually looking nice when you first move in there and, uh, and had different things for you, though they had a magazine that was called the Tan Staffel. And I didn't know how to pronounce it at first because it didn't look like a real word, the tan staffel. What it stood for was there ain't no such thing as a free lunch. And it was a book of coupons that are in there. You need to know this, when it comes to church and when it comes to ministry, there ain't no such thing as a free lunch, you know? We do have to put money where money is due. But sacrifice goes way beyond dollars and cents, doesn't it? Sacrifice of time, sacrifice of effort, sacrifice of my own agenda, sacrifice in a number of areas. Look at verse number three. Paul begins that verse by saying, you therefore. And by the way, we see the same, we see the same pattern that we saw last week in verse number one. The therefore points you back to what was just said. If you are going to commit these things to faithful men who are able to teach others also, therefore then, verse 3 has to be true. So the therefore, as we talked about those before, but to have you therefore, instead of it saying therefore you. You know, what he could be saying is, Commit these things to faithful men who will be able to, to teach others also. That's your duty to do. Therefore, you need to make sure and do that no matter what it takes. That's not the emphasis that Paul has. When you look at, uh, when you look at Greek grammar, you have words that are in emphatic positions. And the word you is in the emphatic position. So what Paul is saying to Timothy is, you, you, Timothy, you listen. You're doing this, not just everybody else in the church. You, therefore, because you have to commit these things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also, you then must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We don't like that price. I mean, I don't mind giving offering, especially if it's something that I can give in abundance. I, I don't mind sacrificing my time. You know, I, I give three hours to the spring fling that's coming up, the, the crossover event on March 26th. You know, I, I can sacrifice three hours for that day. I, I can sacrifice for uh, coming to church. You know, I can sacrifice... What it, it's not what he says, is it? It doesn't say sacrifice your dollars. And then say, sacrifice your naps. It says you must 
endure hardship. You must. This is not, this is not something that's out of the ordinary. When it comes to you being involved in ministry, know that you will endure hardship. What kind of hardships do you find in ministry? Sometimes it's just hard. Sometimes it's difficult when you pour into somebody. You think they are the faithful teacher that's going to that's lead into the next generation and suddenly they're just gone. You must endure hardship. Because you become the point person in that particular ministry, then things that get said by people who don't like that ministry get pointed directly at you. And it doesn't do you any good to try to defend yourself all the time. The people who really know you don't need an explanation. And the people who are laying the charge... (laughs) aren't listening to your explanation anyway. You let God be your defender. He'll take care of those things if they need taken care of. What's your responsibility? I mean, I want to... I want to defend my name. I want to defend the ministry. I want, to, I, I, I want it to be, to be fruitful in the eyes of everybody. My responsibility, the price that must be paid, is to endure hardship. Once you get into the very next chapter, he's going to say this. Everybody who desires to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. You will. It should not be abnormal to have hardship and persecution in the midst of our ministries. Jesus says to expect that. Join us tomorrow as Pastor Tim continues his verse-by-verse study of 2 Timothy. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.